Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It's Saturday, which means today is an episode from the Sean Atwood True Crime Podcast, which is originally on YouTube as Atwood Unleashed. And this was my interview with a man going by Mason K. It's a pseudonym uh, who had been living in China got COVID and was put into a Shanghai COVID camp. It's a remarkable story and I figured it would go down well on here because it's very much on the edge of the society that most of us know. I doubt many people out in China are getting or even able to get this podcast, so it's a bit of an information blackout. Few of us know what's going on in there. Mason K has to stay anonymous. I joke with him, of course, about revealing what it is that he does for a living, but we can't really reveal anything about his life or work. We start this episode just as Sean is leaving the call that Sean Atwood, my co-host on that show, to allow me to tackle the fascinating and scary world of the COVID camps in China. We look at what it is really like to be living there during this time, given what seems to be, at least from the outside, an authoritarian dystopian nightmare. It's a fascinating insight into that world. I hope you find it so too. Do remember that these Saturday episodes are extracted from Sean Atwood's channel, so they're live, not edited, and often involve communication with people on the side, viewers and stuff, asking questions in the chat. That gives these episodes a bit of a different feel, a bit more interactive. There's also a bit more at stake because it's all live and anything can happen. And I hope that helps the podcast to feel a little different, less polished, perhaps more real time and authentic than the beautifully crafted and edited episodes uh, done by my lovely girlfriend, Hooli, on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, do check out the Sean Atwood True Crime podcast to hear the full episode uh, of this one. It was a four hour episode with lots of different interviews. Mason K in China was just one of them. But now you're on the edge of Chinese COVID camps with Mason K. Mason, how you doing, man? Hey, how are you guys doing? <laughs> you said hey. how are you guys going. And before you'd even finish the sentence, one of the guys had flown off. He's still listening. He's still there in case we go off script. He's, so be careful what you say. How are you doing anyway? What's going on? Um, yeah, not not too bad. So, uh, yeah, I'm still in Shanghai. Um, but, you know, the past couple of months have been a bit strange here. And... Um, yeah, a lot of changes have happened over the past two months. <laughs> so yeah, it's been we got a lot. We got a lot to talk to talk about because I think you know Shanghai, China. Apart from North Korea, I can't think of many places that are more sort of opaque to the Western world. And you know, I'm surprised we're even able to have this conversation because my understanding, a very limited understanding, I should say. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it. Was yeah. that you can't even get onto like most uh, things like Facebook and stuff in China. So what's the deal with that? You need to use a VPN. So, um, yeah, the, the thing is, is that, um, there aren't many good quality VPNs to use. So I'm, I'm using mm. like one of only two companies that like really get around a firewall, um, well here. Um, 
Mm. And yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, it is pretty restrictive, um, and especially for locals, it's it's even more restrictive for foreigners. Like you can at least have an iPhone, you can download through your own country's app store um, certain apps that you you know you can't do so yeah, if, if you're a local. Oh my god. So what, what are you doing? Where are you from originally and what are you doing? It's one of the Australasian countries. And what are you doing uh, in Shanghai? Yeah, so like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm originally from Australia and um, um, I've been working in Shanghai now uh, on and off for the past 10 years. Um, I've been coming here uh, quite often and, and I've been here during the entire pandemic. And um, yeah. Like, uh, I think that's uh, all I'll pretty much say about myself. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Okay. Even if I dig in to find out what you're doing there, I'm student stuff. Maybe it's got a basketball top on. Maybe you've been basketball out there. That's probably it. Uh, I'm just a basketball fan, mate. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I literally, I like, the case. It's, it's, it's like um, 4.30 here. Like, I woke up, like, 20 minutes ago. Like so, I, I went to sleep. Blood. I woke up. Oh, you know what? Then, yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy that we got to get you on right now, then, because otherwise it'd be mad if you'd, you'd woken up for it and we're going. No, the bloke before's, you know. Anyway, tell me a little bit about then. So, uh, you got COVID, right? Yep. And you got yep. put into uh, some sort of internment camp. Is that what, what? What's going on over there? Um. So yeah, I'll. I'll dial back a bit so um sure in march um yeah the shanghai government wanted to have sort of like a staggered lockdown but not like not like a full-blown lockdown because um they had said to everyone like we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna do it that way that's not gonna how that's not how we're gonna approach um covid right so their initial plan was to um was to live with COVID, right? I, I think like they had like, a, they even had like a function of, so everyone uses Alipay in China. Um, it's sort of like um, an app where you can, you know, uh, use, do digital transfers of current, like of, you know, whenever you need to pay for something, you use Alipay. Um, whenever you need to pay your bills and stuff like that. Um, they have a health code. So it's like, you have green being like, oh, you're safe. Like yellow being like, oh, you're a close contact to someone. And red being, oh, you got COVID, right? Which essentially means you can't go to any, you can't go to any like public institutions. You can't go to any public places, right? And um, their plan was like, okay, if you have COVID, you're going to stay home, and you're going to upload uh, antigen tests. I think that's how you call them, right? Like RAT tests, yeah. rat tests. Um, so yeah, just just the rapid tests that you do yeah. um, for COVID online uh, with your face and stuff like that and that was it you know you're gonna stay home for like a week or two depending on um when you get like consecutive uh, negative antigen tests but um i think it was the third week of march like um the central government stepped in because they weren't happy with that idea and essentially um yeah mate like they started uh, building these uh, COVID camps just uh, all over the city. And, um, well, un unfortunately enough, uh, yeah, me and my partner, we, we went to one for nine days. 
Oh my God. What? Just to go off topic for a second, I'm getting in the comments people are talking about uh, pets being executed and videos of, of cats and dogs being beaten. Is that what, Why is that happening because of COVID and stuff? Okay, so um, I think that there, are, that, there are, that there is this idea that COVID can be transmitted from animals back to humans, but I don't think there's much proof regarding mm. that, right? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, like I ha I have cats at home, so like um, definitely it was a fear. It was it was a fear for me because um, even before um, all of these changes in Shanghai, we had heard stories in other provinces in China, like in Guangdong, um, where uh, you'd have health workers or volunteers who would essentially put down animals, right? And they'd also, I mean, like certain districts in certain cities would also have uh disclaimers put on doors in which if you signed it it's essentially you're signing um away the rights of your animals to to um that local district right just in case you know that there's an infection or something and um yeah i mean like it has happened like i'm not going to deny it um i don't think it's i don't think it's great i don't think it's good at all right um it's it's, it's pretty bad but um yeah it depends on who um who implements such such a you know policy because I, I i think like in in my in my district they haven't done anything like this but i've heard in other districts in shanghai yeah like mm. they've uh they've, they've done some pretty bad things to animals so yeah horrible and what about um we've seen videos of like real like blade runner kind of things with uh people inside their flats and there are these drones outside just saying like stay inside and all this kind yeah. of thing is that all going on does it feel quite dystopian yeah um yeah so that i mean like that 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 does happen <laughs> um mm. and you know this is also pretty new right with the the, the the use of technology in regards to you know helping facilitate the lockdown and um you know they, they even made like they made like a propaganda video of a drone you know carrying medicine and uh yeah i, I, I yeah it, it's it's all a bit strange right um but yeah it's uh it, it has i think it's spooked quite a lot of people you know like yeah. this um because it, it, it just comes off as like this strange dystopian society right where um you know you, you have really really harsh measures in order to try and achieve you know what they want and that's you know um, i don't know if i can say it here <laughs> like uh you know covid zero right essentially yeah. they want COVID zero um you can say covid zero i could say it yeah I, I was just worried because like in some channels you might get like uh deleted or demonetized or whatever um what does it mean but, is um, this some is this a conspiracy thing i don't know about what does covid zero mean uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's like um, that's what they want, right? So when cases yeah. surged, then the hard lockdown began, and yeah, they sort of kept on double doubling down, right? So yeah. these um, these COVID camps just popped out of nowhere, right? And you know they started putting up fences um, to separate. I don't know, people from going to other, you know, crossing the road or, you know, going to other um, other districts in Shanghai and stuff like that. And um, mm. yeah, it's, it's, 
it's pretty wild, right? But um, I, I think the most yeah. wild part of it all is, you know, the idea of, of these camps. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. But I'm also wondering, you know, do, do, the, do you get the impression then, and, and, and just, is the local, the impression among the locals there that the government is wielding its power, getting an, just sort of an excuse to lock people up and stuff, or do you think that it really comes from like a, a place of good, like wanting to just get rid of COVID? Yeah, I mean, I look, I'm still in China. I'm not going to really, <laughs> not going to really comment on that. Um, yeah, I don't really, I don't really know. This is the thing, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really, I don't really know because in the beginning, it sort of seemed like okay, um, these measures are like put in place to you know stop the spread. Um, make sure that things come down but like as time has gone on it it, it, it just mm. um it, it it's left it's left me personally scratching my head a bit <laughs> so yeah. it's like all right um uh, it, is it about public health or is it about control or something like that you know i i i don't really know um the 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 um the in-depth sort of view in regards to the to the politics of it but i think sure. that um that uh for me personally, it's um, it spooked me enough <laughs> to say like, "Hey, I gotta yeah. leave." <laughs> so in the yeah, absolutely. Months, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, yeah, because obviously you can't be too critical, obviously, because it is a bit scary to criticize the Chinese oh, yeah. government, especially while you're still there. But uh, y y can you leave? When when can you? When's the soonest you can get the heck out of there? Um. Yeah. So I booked tickets for July. To get out um i'm hoping that by that point we'll have like a window right whether it's like a month to two months where we'll be able to leave it's going to be a pain to move our cats but um yeah we're gonna we're gonna relocate to thailand um for a bit and uh, it's the easiest way at this point there are no direct flights back to us um uh, i think from shanghai pudong airport there are only like two or three flights at the moment every day, right? One going to Hong Kong, one going to Japan, and another one that sometimes goes to the States. Um, other than that, you got nothing. And the thing is, is that you cannot just, you can't just simply go in and out of your apartment compound. You need a permit, right? And in this case, if you want to leave, you can only apply for an exit permit. Once you get approval from your compound management that you want to leave you can't come back in mm. so if you leave you can leave your flat or your apartment or whatever but you can never go back yeah so that's it and um i think it was it was only like three four days ago you know we we're allowed to go outside in our own compound um ever since we've gotten back from the uh, COVID camp, um, we have been stuck inside essentially. And, um, and some of the struggles that people have faced, you know, I, I'm in a few jujitsu groups, so I train jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu. And um, you know, I, 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 I had like some people in there saying like, they only got like, a, they only got a bit of food left. They got a ration <laughs> for, for a few days because deliveries weren't gonna come in for like another two weeks. Oh. So delivery people are outside, obviously, because you've got to, I mean, some people 
have to be able to get around. I suppose, I suppose is it like the worst that it got in in the Western countries? I suppose when that sort of thing was still happening, people had to get food delivered, and 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 that's it. Otherwise, I mean, how long have you been in the inside now? So I think it's like fifty days now, including COVID camp. It's been fifty days. Um, oh God. But here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. I just yeah. I just want to say like for delivery people, I feel I feel pretty bad for for a lot of the delivery men that are working in Shanghai right now because essentially they can't go back inside of their own apartments and come back out freely. They don't have that. They don't have that right. So many of them have to find spaces outside to sleep. So like literally like under bridges, <sighs> by metro state like metro station entrances. Um, and the thing is, is that um, I was I was going to mention it later, but like, um, yeah, like I even filmed it for myself. Like you have volunteers who are trying to f facilitate COVID zero, right? They're sleeping outside mm -hmm. of a carbon apartment uh, compounds complexes because they're not allowed to go back inside their own <laughs> their own apartment, right? And a lot of these people who are you know who are um, uh, sourcing PPE, sourcing food, um, uh, you know, people who are important parts of the supply chain, they're just sleeping outside, they're sleeping on the streets. That's insane. That is absolutely think, insane. I think it's crazy. I, I got it on film. <laughs> it's crazy. It's wild. I never, I never thought. And the thing is, is that this, this was from when we left the COVID camp. So, you know, the thing is, is that from the camp to, to my apartment complex, it's only a 10 minute drive, but the hazmat suits that were driving the bus, they, um, they, they weren't from Shanghai. So we just figured like, Hey, just let them drive. And they drove for like an hour and 45, an hour and 50 minutes around the city. And we saw it for ourselves. We we're just like, wow. You know, oh. they, yeah. but yeah, I'll get into it. I'll get into it a bit more later. <laughs> Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on What Could Go Right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. No, it sounds awful. But you, so, yeah, do tell me then. You and your partner tested positive for COVID. You were taken to a COVID camp. What what is this like? Because we're, I guess, the imagination runs wild. It sounds like it might be truly awful. Yeah. Um, so here's here's the thing. We we tested positive. It was like the end of March. I think it was like the thirtieth of March. I did I did a rapid test, and mm. it came back positive. And literally you had like until midnight, midnight is when the lockdown begins. We have 
we have six cats at home. <laughs> we have to find a way to um, sort this issue out. So, you know, I'm, I'm just looking for options. You know, I'm looking for pet hotels, vets, anyone who can take them. All right. I found one guy and he said, like, don't, don't worry about it. If you're positive or negative, whatever, I don't care. I'll come. Dude came in a hazmat suit. <laughs> we did the handover at the gate, like uh, apartment compound. And uh, it was a couple of hours before lockdown began. Yeah. And um, no, thank God for this guy. You know, he was a, he was a trooper. He, he really helped me out here. And um, came back inside. And then I was, I was just, I was, I was panicking. I was just like, do I call CDC and stuff like that and let them know? Because the reality of this is, is that if I don't let them know, I go downstairs tomorrow morning and I line up for everybody else. Right. And I, you know, I give it to them and then, you know, ends up being a super spreader <laughs> uh, event. And then, you know, perhaps everyone has to go to a COVID camp. So, um, I spent like, I don't know, four or five hours trying to get a hold of CDC. I finally got a hold of someone at around about three o'clock in the morning. And, um, they're just like, yeah, don't panic. We'll, uh, I'll relay the information uh, onto someone else. And then someone else called me at five o'clock in the morning. So I didn't get any sleep. They uh, decided to leave more rapid tests at my door. I, um, I picked up these rapid tests after they dropped them off. I did another one. Of course, it's positive. Um, my girlfriend, she um, she did one, but it didn't, the, the line wasn't strong enough. So it still looked like it was negative. So like when they called, I was like, oh yeah, hers is negative, mine is positive. So later on in the day, they send someone to your door in a hazmat suit. They do a PCR and ask like, hey, you, you also got to test her as well, right? And they're like, no, no, no. Like, um, hers, was, hers was negative, right? She doesn't need to do it. I was like, huh? And they're like, just call the CDC. And I called the CDC. Same lady spoke to me earlier in the day. And she's like, like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Like, just get her to isolate in another room. And I was like, but surely she has it because she's right next to me right and they're just like yeah but it's fine just isolate and i was just like so does she go downstairs with everybody else tomorrow and she has to do a test it's silence and unfortunately it just it's 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 a reflection of like how understaffed they are right and sort of like how 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 well informed they are about about how this virus spreads right um, unfortunately, but after that, after I told them and after the, the PCR test they did when they came to audit or came positive, that's when I started getting phone calls. Started getting phone calls from random people all hours of, of the day at nighttime too, um, from my, my compound committee who are in, in a way affiliated with the local police because in China, that's how it happens. I mean, that's how it works. Like a lot of the authority is given to these compound committees because you'll have local police in these committees as well who then relay information back to the back to the local police about people, right? Yeah, it's 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 different to any other country, right? Um, so I get phone calls from the police, I get phone calls from the CDC, I get phone calls from my compound committee and management. They added me on WeChat, you know, just like just 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 ongoing and ongoing, you know, you know, just, um, communication with me. And the thing is, I mean, like, it's all right in the sense, because they did give me some food and, and whatnot, and they were worried about me in that sense. But in another sense, they were like, okay, what do we do with this guy? Right. Um, 
are we going to send these guys to a camp? And yeah, like after a couple of days, we started calling. I'd have CDC staff ask me like, okay, like, are you guys ready to go to a camp? You have to go separately. I get angry. I get really, really angry. So um, I'm like, nah, it's just like, no, nah, I want to go. I'm going to go with my girlfriend. Right. I just yeah. we go together. Right. Why do we have to be separated? You know? And um, so after a week of having COVID at home, um, it was uh, late Thursday night, early Friday morning. So around about like 12, 15, 12, 20, I get a call um, from uh, someone who, who says she's the police. Right. She says like, all right, well, you, you got to go. I was like, go where I'm asleep, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. It's like, okay, so this is your chance, right? Because I've been, I've been, I've been saying them, being reinforced the same message. I'm not going unless like I'm going, we're going together, right? Otherwise you can forget, you can break the door down. <laughs> like, I'm not going to comply unless, you know, you facilitate this and they're like, yeah, this is, this is your chance now. And I was like, what if I say no? And then she said like, then we'll just come over the weekend and you guys can go separately. So I was like, okay, all right. Well, um, gathered our things. We already packed two suitcases, just packed with goods, um, just in case they didn't have any food. But luckily, they had food, so we didn't really have to um, worry that much in the end about all that. But um, we packed soap. Thankfully, we packed soap. Um, toilet paper. Thankfully, we packed toilet paper. And um, yeah, we we had our own towels and stuff. Um, so then. There's the waiting game. We're waiting and waiting. Um, and then at around 2.30 in the morning, I get a call on my intercom. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a guy, it's a cop, hazmat suit. And he's, he's yelling at us. It's like, it's like in Chinese, it's like, yeah, lai lo sha, kuai lai lo sha. Like, come quickly downstairs, come quickly downstairs. And he's also like saying like, don't, don't, don't make much noise, but he's yelling. <laughs> and um, so I opened the door. And, you know, I noticed there's a monitor. So they have these white monitors on the door. Like I've taken a photo, I've put it on my Instagram moments, like my highlights, like there's a door monitor and the thing partially breaks off. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, should be fine. <laughs> we move our suitcases out and um, our, um, our elevators are like taped up. So we had to rip a bit of the tape off of it and we're like, okay, this should be fine, right? Like police tape, <laughs> go inside, go down the way down as uh, the first floor rip off more tape go under um go out to the main uh entrance of our building and um it was crazy you had like three hazmat suits one who called me and then you had one walking behind us spraying the air with what i'd assume is bleach just spraying the air and then you'd have one like two or three meters in front of you spraying the air again bleach this is like 2 30 at night <laughs> and there was another old fella from another building in our compound who, who joined us on this walk but this was i think like the last bit of freedom we had <laughs> because strangely enough we had to walk across the road down a bit to the closest hotel where they had the bus waiting for us to pick us up to take us to a covid camp and um i mean they could have handled it a bit better i mean like they weren't that polite about it you know there was a lot of yelling and what not going mm. on um but there were quite a few people on the bus already and um yeah we were just thinking like geez hopefully we go to a decent enough place right and um yeah, sure enough we uh we made it to the camp after 
like 20, 30 minutes when they had finally got everybody on the bus and yeah, finally got in there. And yeah, we checked in at around about like 3.15. Right. And what's the, what, what was it like? I just want to say everything's paper-based. You'd be, you'd think like, okay, they'd be on it. Like, um, that they'd have some sort of app or technology, like some sort of software that they'd be using, but no, like the check-ins for, let's say up to 700 people, I'm going to say more likely 650 people was all done paper. Everything was paper-based. And this led to big problems later on. Uh, in regards to people who who needed to be checked out after they had gotten two negative consecutive tests, right? Because that that was yeah that that was a rule. You get two tests, you get out. But anyway, when we checked in, we had to give um, we had to give information like uh, you know, do you have any other illnesses? Do you, do you have um, how many times you've been vaccinated and stuff like that? And um, they wanted that general information, but it didn't matter regardless. So you could you could be you could be triple uh, vaccinated or whatever, or you could have, yeah, not, you could have been vaccinated like never. And then you're all in the mm -hmm. same place together. And also, um, also another thing that sort of shocked me a bit is that you also have close contact people. So people who are negative, people who don't have COVID in there with people who have COVID. Oh my God. That's mad. That's mad. And what was it like then? I mean, you're there for, what was it, two weeks, was it? Yeah, well, it was nine days. That's, yeah. Yeah, it was nine days in total. Um, the thing the, the thing that was, I, I think, was, was pretty interesting was, like, it's like a makeshift tent. So they had two tents. And it was just, like, two makeshift tents. And um, lucky, luckily enough, we were in the family tent. It was in the family tent they turn off the lights at night. So every night at 10 o'clock, they turn off the lights. So it makes it more bearable. Um, but in the main tent, the lights are always on. You know, I had a buddy from the UK um, who we trained at 45 with. I found him there. I was like, hey, man, Grant, right? And he's like, yeah. And, um, you know, we hung out and stuff, and I was quite happy um, that, that I got to see him, but not happy for him in the sense of like, oh, he's in that part of the camp, right? I wish he was in wish you weren't were in my part of the camp because like <laughs> it, 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 yeah. it, was, it was a bit hard it's a bit hard with um the lights on a bit more noise as well because there's, there's more people packed in that camp and um yeah it, it was um it was really bizarre because i think we had gotten in there like on the second or third day that it, it had opened so there were people but it wasn't packed yet at least yeah. Because after a few days, it was absolute. It was, it, was, it was completely full. And the thing is, they kept on having buses come in at the middle of the night to check people in. And by day three of us being in there, like you had, you had like, you had these makeshift beds, corridors, and by choice, you had people who, um, were COVID negative sleeping outside because they didn't want to catch COVID inside the tent. Mm. Insane. Insane. You're getting woken up every morning at 5.30? Yeah. So loudspeakers, um, <laughs> yeah, the loudspeakers started around about 5.30, anywhere from 5.30 to like 6 o'clock and it's random and it'll just start off with like breakfast. 
So they hand out breakfast by six o'clock and they will just give you certain reminders, right? They'll, they'll, they'll say like, um, yeah, like don't come up and ask for breakfast. We're handing out breakfast. Um, don't come line up and ask any questions to staff. We don't start working till eight o'clock in the morning. Like, um, be quiet. Um, <laughs> if you're going to use the toilets, like don't stand on the toilets and stuff like this. Like, um, they give general reminders and then throughout the day they would, um, they would do stuff like tell people like, Hey, check in for, if you have your double negative tests, like, Hey, come and line up this area. So we had like areas, right? I was in area E. So it's like A, B, C, D, and E. Mm. And um, they call out areas so that areas can come line up and do COVID tests. And um, yeah, so you'd hear it all the time. You'd hear area A, area A come, area B, area B come. And then like, you think like, wow, like this is, this is sort of like a prison. Yeah, well, it sounds, it does sound like it, to be honest. And the most mad part about that, you know, I imagine, I mean, a lot of people now do get COVID symptomless. Some people get it like a cold. But there must have been a lot of people who were really, really unwell having to live in those conditions with no soap, no uh, toilet paper, getting screamed at 5.30 in the morning. And you, when yeah. you just need rest to not die, yeah. some people, yeah. right? Yeah, you had people cracking. You had people cracking and, and, and really testing their limits. So you, like, um, every morning you had some old person like you hear it on the intercom like when they're when they're like talking on the loudspeaker you'd had someone interrupt and just start yelling like what sort of place is this like why can't i get medicine like i'm feeling sick i'm getting sicker and stuff like that and like um yeah and even for me i'd, I'd, I'd be fairly shocked you know because a lot of the people that were working in our particular camp they i would say that they were only like volunteers or nurses and during the entire time we were there, a, um, a doctor came once. Mm. When the yeah, doctor came once, these... there was a line. There was a line of people just just waiting to just waiting to you know get checked up so they can get some some medicine, you know, to get get something for them, right? Man, so, yeah. um, oh, we're running out of time. Actually, Let, is there any way you'd like people to follow you or to see this, you know, videos and stuff like that? Um, yeah, so my, my social's there. I, I put it on private, so if anybody wants to um, wants to follow me, they can they can um, and, and and check out the highlights. They can they can do so, and yeah, hopefully I can come back on at some point to <laughs> to, to to tell the rest of it, right? Because that's only yeah, that's only like sort of like the first part of it. But um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's 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 about it. Yeah, if you guys are running out of time. Well, go and follow Mason. Mason, thank you so much. And I hope things go better for you and that you get that flight out to Australia in a, in a couple months. Yeah, thank you, mate. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Mason K, for coming on the podcast and being brave enough to share your story. My word, it sounds scary and uncomfortable and horrible. It's another chance for us all to take a breath and enjoy whatever freedoms we might have. History is full of times when those freedoms have been impinged upon. So enjoy it while it lasts, I guess. Um, thanks for listening. And remember... 
to check out the Sean Atwood True Crime podcast for the full episode featuring many other guests. And have a lovely weekend. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.